everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Wednesday, July 10th. We are rolling through the offseason, getting close to training camp. Uh, still doing some rankings. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily CBS NFL podcast. Reminder that we will continue to do the podcast mailbags throughout the offseason. So if you want to have a question answered, leave a five-star review, and I promise we will answer it. Uh, except for the guy who asked for social security numbers or anything uh, inappropriate. We can't uh, we can't answer that. Uh, someone asked us to MFK the, uh, the various podcast uh, uh, members, so we'll figure out a way to do that with either bleeps or a uh, safe for work game. Um, but we will, you can, if you got, if you want to send me a DM at Will Brinson on Twitter, or if you want to uh, email me, willbrinson at gmail.com. Communication is open. I'm happy to answer any questions you have as well. If you want to ask me a fantasy keeper question, if you want to ask me the best kind of, uh, best kind of car seat to buy, whatever you want to ask me, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, here for us today to help break down the defensive backs, former NFL defensive back and two-time Super Bowl champion, good friend of the show, Brian McFadden. What's up, BMAC? Hey, what's up, Will? Thank you for having me. Yeah, as always, thanks for coming on. It's, uh, twice. Yes, we, we were doing it weekly during the season and then, you know, the off season throws things off, but now, uh, back to back weeks feels good to get on the phone with you and talk about some defensive backs. Reminder, you can follow BMAC at BMAC underscore sports talk. You're doing a bunch of, um, a bunch of good little social media videos with, uh, like I, uh, we were, you were having a conversation with somebody about the, uh, about whether the Jaguars can make the playoffs. I like, yeah. uh, I like your, I like your current social media presence with these, with these videos. It's very, it's very impressive. Ah, uh, no question. I, I enjoy being able to interact with the fans and, uh, you know, other, you know, experts like yourself, uh, <laughs> being able to get quality conversations going on because right now there's not a lot we can talk about when it comes to in-game action because of course the season, uh, is no, it hasn't started yet, but getting prepared for the season, there's so many different conversations you can, you know, throw out and generate quality, quality insight, you know, back and forth. So that's, Something I've been, you know, enjoying being able to do. And no doubt you, uh, you edit the videos yourself, right? Is that, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wish. Um, I, I wish I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. If you threw me a video file, I were like, edit this. I'd be like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. You just have to kill me. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I wish I was able to do it myself, but, uh, unfortunately I'm like you, me and you, we're in the same boat. Yeah. We're old, man. We're old. Um, <laughs> Hey, not a lot of news going around the NFL right now, as you mentioned. Uh, this is the slowest time of the season. It's actually kind of nice. We get to enjoy it. Uh, I do want to get your thought, though, on um, the one thing that, that kind of popped up on Monday and Tuesday, I guess, is that uh, Rob Gronkowski spotted catching balls from Tom Brady on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, how much, uh, how much do you put into that, the idea that, that Gronk is working out with Brady and might actually consider a return? No, scale to one. Ten, one to ten, ten being ten being a return and one being nothing's happening. Four. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I'll say four. Uh, right now, he's enjoying life. I mean, this is a guy that loves to have fun. He's enjoying life. No responsibilities when it comes to anything football related. Tom and Rob, they're great friends. We know that. So, of course, if Tom needed a guy to catch some passes to get, you know, his work in and Rob was available, I really don't see Rob saying no. Yeah. Um, and, and let's not forget that like Gronk is, I mean, he's not like a godfather or anything, but he's, he's like kind of close to Brady's family. So it's, it's, it's not like maybe they were just like, Hey, do you want to come hang out? And they're like, Hey, do you want to go throw some footballs? And then we'll tell people about it and people will make a big deal about it. It'll be hilarious. I could see yeah. that happening. Exactly, exactly. But right now, I mean, he's enjoying the retired life. He has so many other things going on. But I did hear him say, 
you know, um, you know, based on him answering the question, will he return? He was like, tell them to holler at me during playoff time. Now, <laughs> you know, being able to go get a cheap ring, not being in the entire season, Ooh. that might be something that's intriguing to Gronkowski. The old Roger Clemens special, right? You only, you yeah. only play half the season and try to chase a ring. Um, I actually, that's not a bad idea. And, He'd get paid too. He would, he would get some, uh, he would probably get some cash in his pocket. There's some defensive backs on our list. We're gonna, that's, that's the best segue I can put up. Um, so just for, uh, full disclosure, pull back the curtain, whatnot, um, we have a list on CBSSports.com that is top 10 cornerbacks, and then we have a list that is top 10 safeties. But mm-hmm. BMAC has put together his list, you put together your list of, uh, top 10 defensive backs, and yes. so we'll, we'll sort of run through those and, and kind of blend them together, and then I'll probably just ask questions about various dudes who may or may not be on uh, either list, but um, either way, we'll have a fun discussion about defensive backs. Uh, reminder, rate, subscribe, review on iTunes as well. If you want to leave a five-star review, that'd be great. Um, I'm not going to complain if you want to leave a one-star review. You want to be a jerk about it? Uh, people, <laughs> people have been doing that. Some guy was like, this guy complains about one-star reviews too much. It's like, who takes the time to leave a one-star review? What's, what's the matter with these people? Um <laughs> Let's start with, uh, your number 10 defensive back, BMAC. Who is, uh, who is at the bottom of this very distinguished list? Like, like Will, uh, mentioned, you know, I combine corners and safeties and there are so many talented defensive backs in the National Football League. It was very, very difficult getting 10, but based on how guys finished 2018, getting, going into 2019 is that, that's how I just, you know, kind of cropped them together. So my number 10 is a guy who's been doing it for quite some time, uh, plays in the AFC West, Chris Harris. Only Ooh. played 12 games last season because of injuries. Uh, 49 tackles, three interceptions, 10 PBUs. He only allowed, Will, 40 receptions on 64 targets for 365 yards and gave up only one touchdown. Now, when you think about Chris Harris, instantly you consider him to be one of the best slot corners in the game but he's not a, he, he he's no one trick pony i mean looking at some of his numbers as far as reps as far as plays 747 snaps a year ago 264 he lined up outside on the xy receiver you know uh, as a perimeter uh corner so he has the ability to do a little a bit of everything but no question he earns a lot of his money in the slot and now looking at how offenses are trending to be more pass heavy your nickel corner has to be extremely good because it's not just about covering but also tackling playing with quality contain things like that he's been doing it for quite some time yeah i've i've got harris higher than that um but i look i i mean there's no doubt he belongs on the list and i think when you look at what denver has done this offseason you know they went out and um you know they had a coaching change of course with vic with vic fangio um and they added mike munchak on the offensive line you can see a path where uh, offensively they get better with young receiving talent and, and guys improving. They added Dalton Reisner. They added Noah Fant, Joe Flacco, of course, they traded for. So, like, you can see a, a potential for the offense to be improved. I don't know that if they had not – like, if they hadn't found more money for Chris Harris, BMAC, I don't know that the defense on the back end would be sufficient uh, to take care of business. As it is, though, they got Harris, who they can now line out wide, and they brought in Bryce Callahan, who's a very nice slot corner out of Chicago. It seems like, mm-hmm. you know, that gives them some really nice versatility – in that Fangio defense, um, Justin Simmons is coming along strong as a, as a safety, and then they picked up Kareem Jackson as well to be their other um, corner on the outside. Von Miller, of course, Bradley Chubb, uh, 
Eric Wolf on the inside. It feels like Chris Harris might be the piece that could, you know, making sure you got him back might be the piece that, that takes this defense over the top if the Broncos want to get back to the playoffs. And you're right. I mean, I think, you know, given that he only played 12 games, you could push him down a little bit. He's got a real chance, I think, to push to be a uh, top top five option on this list uh next year real before just to backtrack for a second was there anybody who um you you came close to putting on the list but just missed maybe like an honorable mention type whether it's a safety or a corner yeah for me it was it was a multiple guys they actually play for the same team uh, harrison uh smith uh with yeah. the minnesota vikings and xavier rhodes uh two outstanding playmakers especially uh harrison smith they didn't really have the year that he had in 2017 dealt with a lot of injuries so wasn't able to gra- crack my top 10 but harrison was very very close uh to getting into my top 10 but we ha- as we go through this list will and listeners there are a lot of names that are not considered household names yeah. that made my top 10 based on how well they played in 2018. Ooh, I like it. Um, and it's a good call on the Vikings. I think the, the fascinating thing about Minnesota, and, and I guess you would have seen this a, a little bit if I'm doing my math right with um, maybe Mike, was Mike Zimmer in Cincinnati um, when you were in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like he's, he's, his ability to coach up and train defensive backs is is just floors me because I mean like the Vikings keep dipping back into the um back into the pool to get to get like corner like they got drafted Mike Hughes everybody's like why mm-hmm. are they drafting a corner it's like well they develop corners really well and Mike Zimmer knows what he's doing so it's not a bad idea and you can see it with the way that Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith have developed um yeah I, I think I was surprised at how low Harrison Smith was on my safety list I had him uh actually number six and you know certainly could have been higher but didn't have as great a season as he did uh Rhodes I had on my uh seventh on my uh list of of uh no actually I had him sixth as well on my list of no seventh sorry on my list of um cornerbacks so yeah I mean I think both guys in probably in that same sort of range who was uh who was your number nine defensive back my number nine, man, a young player had a heck of a rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were confused about why this team drafted him where they drafted him, but I think we all know why now. Denzel Ward. Uh, oh, wow. wow. I mean, yes. I, listen, at first I was like, huh, because, you know, I was that nine between that 10, nine, eight range, I was a bit uh, in a flux about who should go where. But studying his tape and watching what he had to endure – First game of the season, he goes against Antonio Brown <laughs> and Big Ben and came out two interceptions. Now, he gave a few plays here or there, but he made a lot of plays in the second half based on, you know, uh, second half of the season. He only played in four games well because of uh, injuries, but he only allowed 11 receptions on 22 targets for 106 yards, no touchdowns. He finished the season with three interceptions, 11 PBUs, ultimately became one of the best defenders on that defense from top to bottom. And he really saw a lot of action because we know anytime you have a rookie cornerback in the secondary starting, most opposing quarterbacks, they're going at that rookie corner. Trust me, I know. And he stood (laughs) the test. You know, it's, uh, it's fascinating. So like, you, you and I have, have, like, we've hung out in, in person on multiple occasions and you have seen that I am not a, uh, like I'm not a tall or like I'm not a tall person, right? Like there's no, there's a 0% chance that I've ever, pl- would have ever played in the NFL just based on genetics, um, uh, alone, <laughs> right? But like, and I'm not, I've, I've interviewed Denzel Ward and I've sat down with him and what, what stunned me is like, he is tiny. 
I mean, yeah. like he's like my size and like 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 even more slight of frame, but his ability as a ball hawk to go up there and, and and just attack the ball is really impressive. I do worry a little bit about his injuries. Uh, I actually don't think he made my list for some reason. I, I'm I'm not even sure why, and I, I, that's probably a screw up because he did have a great rookie season, and to go out there as the the number one guy uh, on that Browns team out of the box, and like you said, you know you're. First, your first two weeks are Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and, uh, and and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and to play the way he did, especially when Bradley Chubb is out there balling out for the Broncos and and making people wonder, you know, should the Browns have taken the pass rusher? I I, I agree with you. Very impressive rookie season from him, and if he stays healthy, he he's going to be a one of the one of the elite young corners. Uh, who'd you have at uh, number eight? Uh, number eight is potentially the Ed Reed of his era, Ooh. safety Eddie Jackson. Big right. play Jackson, man. Man, I, I was a fan of his at Alabama. Granted, he's a Broward County kid, uh, Fort Lauderdale to be exact, but watching him at Alabama with that number four on, he made plays. Remember, he had an injury, uh, but getting drafted to, to Chicago was, I think, the, a blessing in disguise based on what he had surrounded him. But I mean, 14 games a year ago, over 50 tackle, tackles, 15 PBUs. Those mm. are corner numbers, Will. 15 PBUs, six interceptions, Two touchdowns, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. I mean, this guy was a turnover machine. His ball instincts, they're so impressive. And the thing that I love about Eddie Jackson, it's not just about him getting his hands on footballs from opposing quarterbacks or runners or catchers. But once he gets the ball in his hands, he is trying to put points on the scoreboard. This defense was spectacular a year ago, and a lot of that had to do with how well Eddie Jackson performed in the back end. You know, the fascinating thing about that, um, about that, that Bears draft in 2017, um, and it, it goes down as a, a real feather in the cap of, of Ryan Pace, the GM, but they trade up to get Mitchell Trubisky, which was a highly uh, controversial move. And, and people are still, you know, we're still figuring out what Mitch Trubisky is, but he's young. Um, and then they basically drafted these tiny prospects, these, or these, these, these uh, prospects from tiny schools, like Adam Shaheen, the tight end in the second round is from Ashland. Uh, Tariq Cohen in the fourth round is from NCA and T. Jordan Morgan from Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, everybody's heard of cuts down Pennsylvania uh, and then the one guy from the big school in the later rounds they took was was Eddie Jackson and he's coming off that broken leg and man what a BMAC what a steal he has turned out to be oh my goodness yes I, I, I mean it, it are you ever surprised to see guys fall in the draft like that with injury I mean I understand why they fall because of the injury but it seems like silly in 2019 or 20 you know in the, in the in this era when medical medicals are so good like the improvement of guys like we never you almost never see a guy come into the NFL and just not recover like i mean Jalen Smith came back miles you know uh, miles jack came back we've seen Eddie Jackson come back it seems almost crazy to let a guy like Eddie Jackson fall to the third round as a result of that oh no question and I, and i think most importantly for chicago their ability to really study his tape coming out of alabama seeing how impactful he was and the thing that i love about eddie jackson he's not like a earl thomas like as far as being extremely fast and explosive but he is so smart i mean in two years of play this this kid has 21 pbus like i said those are corner numbers yeah he has he has has eight interceptions 
three forced fumbles, 21 PBUs, two touchdown returns on fumbles, three touchdown returns on, on interceptions, four fumble recoveries, a sack. I mean, like his, his numbers are, are through the roof for a safety. He plays all over the, it's insane. It's insane, and he's a quality tackler. Like I said, he is the Ed Reed of his era, mm. in my opinion. In two years, those are Ed Reed like those are baby Ed Reed numbers. You know, Ed, Ed Reed set the the bar so high yeah. as far as his ability to create turnovers, but those are baby Ed Reed like numbers. But that's a that's a <laughs> that's a compliment if you ask me, because you know I had oh. Ed Ed Reed is one of the best to ever do it. But for his era right now, in two years of play. When you look at his other the other peers as far as in his age bracket, Eddie Jackson is is a grown man. Yeah. Um. And and by the way, like Ed Reed, I mean, there being a, a a poor man's Ed Reed is is not an insult. I mean, Ed Reed no. is a Ed Reed is a baller. I don't know if there's anybody cooler than Ed Reed either. Even in like post retirement, like he's constantly walking around with a, a huge cigar. Like no matter where he's like, he's like on TV with a cigar, like on the sidelines. I don't know. Ed Reed just always struck me as the coolest guy, uh, on, on the planet. Uh, who's your, uh, and by the way, I had, um, I had Eddie Jackson as my, uh, fourth overall safety. So we're probably on the, about the same page there. Who was mm-hmm. your, uh, number seven defensive back? Wow. I mean, I mean, this, this player had a career like year, a breakout year for some but if you haven't really been paying attention uh to his game 2017 since 2017 he's been balling that's Xavier Howard uh the highest paid corner in the National Football League deserving so because what he did last year in only 12 ball games I mean this guy had 12 PBU seven interceptions only in 12 ball games he basically played a college schedule as far as the amount of games and still drop seven interceptions, 12 uh, PBUs, a very, very consistent corner, only allowed 29 receptions on 57 targets. That's a pretty good percent. Uh, like I said, man, this man, this man, as of the, la- the last two years, uh, he's totaled 25 PBUs, 11 interceptions. That's big. That's big. That's big. Yeah. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that Xavier Howard and uh, I had him. uh think as my one, two, three, four, five, six, six cornerback. Again, same kind of range. I think there's an argument made that he's the best player on Miami's roster. No <laughs> like, I mean, argument, I think that's, that's, that's a stamp. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, like a t-shirts, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's not often that you talk about a third year cornerback, um, who, who's just clearly the best player on the, uh, on, on the roster, but I think you're right. Who did you, uh, who did you have at number six? And I, I don't, well, I don't disagree with that placement at all, but well, my number six player is one of the best to do it right now. He is like the Darrell Revis of his uh, era, but he is number six based on being absent in the beginning of the season. That's Patrick Peterson. Oh, uh, you know, serving that six game suspension, uh, he's going to miss a lot of time. Granted, if he was not suspended, he would be much higher on my list. But Patrick Peterson, I mean, what more can you can you say about a guy who's been so consistent uh, every year? Since he's been drafted, he's made a Pro Bowl. He's been to a Pro Bowl. Wow, that's that, true. That I is, didn't realize that's, that. That that's consistency at its best. Now, granted, 
he's going to have a tall hill uh, to climb to try to continue to keep that streak going because he will be suspended. But I don't knock Patrick Peterson. I, I, I believe he will find a way to get it done. He's an eight-time pro, pro bowler, four-team first, uh, four-time first-team All-Pro uh, selection. I mean, 23 interceptions in his career, still playing at a high level. I mean, this guy has been so consistent, and the job that he has to do week in and week out. It does not matter who they're playing, who the receiver is. If it's Julio Jones, if it's A.J. Green, if it's Odell Beckham Jr., it does not matter. Keenan Allen, guess what? He has to follow the opposing team's best wide receiver every week. You're talking about packing a full lunch. He has to pack a lunch, uh, uh, appetizer, uh, uh, dinner, and dessert. Anytime he's stepping on the football field because of what is asked of him, but yet and still he stands up to the ta- to, to, to the task and delivers week in and week out. But like I said, because of Pat being suspended the first six ball games, he is a lot lower on my list than what than what he would be if he wasn't suspended. I left him off my cornerback list because of the suspension, not because of performance. Like you said, he's been to the Pro Bowl um, every single year of his career. Somehow only uh, twenty eight. He'll turn. Oh, actually. Uh, Tomorrow, happy uh, happy early birthday to Patrick Peterson. You gonna you gonna give him a call? Ah, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna text him right now. Matter of fact, well, you know, it's not till no, it's not till Thursday. Just we're recording this on we're recording this on Tuesday, but people are yeah. listening on Wednesday. Well, His, you know what? I probably might I might forget, so I need to text him now. Yeah, exactly. Now. <laughs> no, I mean, and I think the interesting that's a good call. I think the interesting thing about Patrick Peterson too is that you know there are all the trade rumors about whether or not he wanted out in Arizona. He's still very much in his prime. Um, last year was tough for him because Steve Wilkes came in. And this is why the Steve Wilkes hire never really made any sense to me is that you, you have all this personnel to run, you know, press man and to put Patrick Peterson on an island against the, that, you know, let him follow the team's best receiver around. And instead they bring in Steve Wilkes who likes to play that off man zone. And, and so Patrick Peterson wasn't really used correctly last year. And he's, you know, he's maybe stagnated a bit in terms of overall production, still had two interceptions, uh, you know, uh, passes defense went down to five, but, a lot of that is just how much you get targeted as a cornerback. And I think, you know, what you saw was, I believe the numbers are like 40% man, 60% zone last year under, under Steve Wilkes. Now Vance Joseph comes in as the new defensive coordinator. The Broncos ran like 60% man and 40% zone last year. So the expectation for Patrick Peterson uh, should be much higher, um, coming into, uh, Coming into 2019, even with the suspension, because yeah, I bet he'll come back motivated, want to prove people wrong, want to show that that he is an elite cornerback, and uh, he'll be well rested for for the stretch run against some top uh, against some top receivers. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll break down uh, BMAC's top five uh, defensive backs. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H track all wheel drive, standard third row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H track all wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid. I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. 
that Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so you heard the list. It is Chris Harris, 10, Denzel Ward, 9, Eddie Jackson, 8, Xavier Howard, 7, Patrick Peterson, 6. No surprise, BMAC, that you're, uh, you're, you're tilted a little bit towards, uh, towards cornerbacks. As a, but, but I, I have no problem with that because I think just looking at my list, if I were splicing them together, um, I would have a lot more corners on there. It is interesting how, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but like over the past, over the past like 10 or 15 years and maybe even 20 or, or, or 25 years, we've always had a guy who is the top corner in the league. Like whether it was Richard Sherman or Revis, um, mm-hmm. or even dating back to Dion, there was always a guy who just felt like the number one corner. And, and, and I'd be curious to see how the top five of your list plays out because I don't know if there's a clear cut guy who, you know, who like it felt like Jalen Ramsey was trending that way. And we'll probably get to him in a second, but there just hadn't been anybody who's really taken the, the, the hypothetical title belt of best corner. Are, are you surprised? Are you surprised by that? And do you think it's because there's maybe it's even deeper at the position right now than it has been a few years? Uh, is it, I, I do believe it's deeper. You know, I said earlier in the show that, you know, there are a lot of guys on my top 10 that might not be that household like name, yeah. but they're starting to surface to be big time playmakers. So yeah, there's a, I mean, when you talk about just from the corner standpoint, you can have a top 10 list of your top 10 corners from five, six different people and every list will look different because yeah. there are so many guys you can select on that and put on your list and, you know, it could be an argument here or there, but at the end of the day, we can all understand why you have so-and-so on your list compared to me not going that direction. And I think it's good for the game, actually. Um, you know, you got guys, like I said, Xavier, Xavier and Howard, you know, Denzel Ward, two young up-and-coming stars uh, that have really done some real good things along with some other guys in the National Football League that have been playing stellar football. You know, um, uh, to, to, what's his name? Um, I'm having a brain fart from Buffalo. Uh, Tredavious uh, White. Tredavious yeah. White. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Another young corner who's been playing lights out. Didn't make my top ten, but oh. you can go throughout the National Football League, and you know Byron Jones from the Cowboys. Yep. You know, so many young corners that have emerged to be consistent and big time players. It, 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 it's no, I'm not surprised to see people say, "Well, you we don't have an ideal top corner." I mean, I do in my, in my opinion, I do. But for a lot of people who don't. I mean, there's so many quality guys you can select from. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I've got, uh, I had Tredavious White just for the record as my number four corner. Uh, only his second year in Buffalo. I think that's a guy who could uh, take another leap forward. Who is your number five overall defensive back? 
Oh, okay. Now you you talked about me devoting a lot of of attention to the corners, <laughs> and rightfully so. They're special, but this guy, he's special. He's not a corner. Jamal Adams. Yes. Uh, Jamal Adams reminds me so much of Troy Palomalu, a guy who I played with because he's so instinctive. He studies the game. He watches the game and he puts himself in positions to be successful. Over 80 tackles, 11 PBUs, one interception, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. I mean, he's Mr. Do it all for the Jets. And I like his ability to be around the line of scrimmage and be so, uh, uh, impactful. In run in the run support element defensively for them. My only concern with Jamal Adams, well, it's hard to really find something to pick at when it comes to his game, but the inability to get turnovers as far as interceptions. Two years of play, he started every ball game since being drafted there in New York. Only one interception, uh, and that interception happened last year. So I'm looking for Jamal. Because he is that type of player. I'm not saying he needs to provide what Eddie Jackson has been providing with the six interception number and double-digit PBUs because Eddie Jackson is the ideal free safety. Jamal, he's a little different. He plays around the box a lot more. He does more of the dirty work, but yet and still he's a top-tier talent. I would love to see him create more interceptions, and I think he will. But it's just about how they're using him. And who knows, maybe Greg Williams will use him a little differently than what he's been used so far in his early career there in New York. But there's not a lot of negative things you can say or think about Jamal Adams. No doubt. And the Jets will be interesting to watch, too, because like you said, Greg Williams added, typically speaking, his defenses create a lot of turnovers and is and are really aggressive. So we'll see how that works out. And now with with um, with the addition of Quinnen Williams and C.J. Mosley and you add Jamal Adams in the back end, this Jets defense is stout up the middle. I mean, that oh, is. No question. And Leonard Williams already there. Of course, they have Henry Anderson as well. Avery Williamson at, at linebacker and, and Marcus May, another. Um, those are really Marcus made the only good non first round pick ever made by Mike McCagnan. So congratulations <laughs> for that. Uh, I have no qualms with Jamal Adams here. He was my number two uh, safety on the list. Who you got at number four, B Mac? Ooh, now number three and number four. I mean number five and number four. It was a, it was a toss up for me, but I'm going Daryl James. Yes, sir. Uh, Derwin James is a grown man. A heck of a, a heck of a intro into the National Football League. First team all pro, uh, 70 plus tackles, three and a half sacks, 13 PBUs, three <laughs> interceptions. And that was a deciding factor for me having Derwin number four over Jamal. Look at the PBUs. Look at the interceptions. They kind of used Derwin similar to how the Jets use Jamal in New York. But Derwin was able to really do a lot as far as getting his hands on footballs, creating interceptions, not to mention a tackling machine, also playing in the backfield. Three and a half sacks. Now, Jamal had three and a half sacks also. But the number when it comes to PBUs and interceptions was the deciding factor for me in having Jam- uh, Derwin ahead of Jamal. No, I, I got no problem with that. I had Derwin as my number one safety. When you look at his stats, BMAC, it's, I said this at the time, so I don't mind saying it now. It is effing insane that he fell to number 17 overall. Oh my goodness. In the yes. draft. I like, I mean, I always like Minka Fitzpatrick coming out of, coming out of Alabama and I'm, I have no problem with the Dolphins taking him. If they like Minka better than Derwin, that's fine. But in my mind, when you looked at this draft class outside of the quarterbacks, it was, um, it was Saquon, Quentin Nelson, Bradley Chubb, 
and I had Derwin as really my fourth blue chipper, and, and Roquan Smith. Those are my five blue chip guys. Roquan, Quentin, Chubb, uh, Derwin, and, and look, Denzel Ward ended up being great. I got no problem with that. Um, I, I just can't believe that, that all those teams, and the Buccaneers took a, the Buccaneers and the Redskins took back-to-back nose tackles. And Vita Vie mm-hmm. and Deron Payne are good players, but Derwin James is a prototypical safety for the, for the modern NFL, uh, and he's a first team all-pro in his, uh, in, in his, in his first year. Wait, who ended up winning, um, oh yeah, Darius Leonard, also all-pro, won defensive rookie of the year. I would have had no problem if they'd given it to Derwin James, and I have no problem with you putting him as the, uh, number four DB. Inter- can't wait to see him grow and fits a per- per- perfect fit in that Gus Bradley scheme. Who do you oh, have? No who do you have at, uh, number three? <laughs> a big time year for a big time player who plays for a big time team, Stefan Gilmore. Ooh. My goodness, uh, 20 PBUs. Wow. I mean, some guys need two years to get at least 20 pass breakups, two interceptions, and Gilmore really showed up big time, a under-the-radar light corner because, of course, he's not a flashy guy. And when you think about the Patriots' defensive unit, you don't think about just one guy. You think about in totality in all three levels, guys doing what they're supposed to do, being disciplined. But he was one of the best players not just on that defense but on that team last year. And then let's transition to the postseason play for Gilmore in three games in the postseason. Will five PBUs, two critical, critical interceptions. I mean, yep. Gilmore lived up to the billing. I know some people were confused about why the Patriots gave him the money they gave him a few years ago, uh, uh, when he was in, uh, when he was a free agent. But now we're starting to see why. We knew he had talent. He just was a bit inconsistent. The mental game, he has really embraced the mental game. Learning from Bill Belichick has done wonders for Gilmore. I have him number three on my list based on what he did last year. Stellar play, big-time player, but another year working with Bill Belichick will do wonders for him in 2019. Yeah, if you uh, a couple just a couple of points on Gilmore, and I agree. I actually had him as my number one corner, and I think there's a chance he takes the the mantle for best corner in the league in this coming season. It's so like uh, ProFootballReference.com, uh, which you know is the pretty pretty standard for in terms of like. NFL writers looking up stats. They do a, um, a, a stat called approximate value, which is basically trying to measure a player's season in a numerical form. And it's not always perfect, um, but I think this is notable when you look at Stephon Gilmore. He, he has played uh, now seven seasons in the NFL. Here is his approximate value uh, starting with his rookie year and into last year. Five, four, six, five, eight, five, fourteen. I mean, that is a, and look, all those numbers, anything five or higher is pretty good. I mean, he was a good corner for many years as a young player and people were mad. Patriots fans were mad in 2017 when that defense didn't look great that they'd spent all that money on Gilmore. Well, you know what, BMAC, uh, I, I, you, you know this and I think I know this and more people should know it. Uh, playing cornerback is hard. And it no takes, question. and it takes a little time to learn the system. And two years, as you point out, into Bill, Be- learning from Bill Belichick, he took a massive leap forward at the age of 28. And I don't think it's imp- Im- improbable that he could take, you know, continue that growth and, and maybe become the best corner in football. Uh, one more thing on it. I think it's, it's nothing is more hilarious than the idea that this guy was drafted in the first round, uh, and then later coached by Rex Ryan. 
Um, and, uh, cause f- first by Chan Gailey, but then eventually coached by Rex Ryan. And then mm-hmm. Bill Belichick steals him in free agency and turns him into maybe one of the best corners in football after Rex <laughs> Ryan, after Rex Ryan was unable to do it. So I, I, I find that hilarious. And I think your, your ranking of Gilmore is spot on. Uh, who do you have at, uh, number two? Wow. Well, this is the second player from this elite defense to make my top 10 list. Ooh. Kyle Fuller. Oh, wow. Be- All right. The Bears fans have been waiting for Kyle to be healthy, first and foremost, to be healthy. He was finally healthy. The last two seasons, well, let's, okay, this past year, Kyle Fuller's numbers. <laughs> now, you are you ready for this, listeners? Sure. Will, I'm a corner, and when I saw these numbers, see, I watched him play, but sometimes when you go back and you look at the numbers, then you're like, wow. It's that wow factor outside of what your eyes have seen. Seven interceptions. 21 PBUs. Both led the NFL. Yes, and Gilmore just had 20, and that was so impressive. But Fuller topped Gilmore with one more PBU, but dropped, not dropped, came in with seven interceptions. And you talk about why this Bears defense was so good. I mean, seven from Gilmore, um, from Fuller, and then go back down to my list, the number eighth player, Eddie Jackson, had six. Eddie Jackson had also 15 PBUs, and then Fuller had 21 PB, PBUs. I'm not too good at math, but that's what? 36 PBUs from two players in the same secondary, along with what? What, 14 interceptions? Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, let me ask you. All right, all right, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Thirteen interceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six. That's thirteen. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. We're not math majors here. We're uh, <laughs> um, no, but I think on Fuller, it's it's easy to forget that last year that he was a restricted free agent. The Packers made him an offer sheet, and the Bears matched it immediately. Uh, that looks oh. that looks pretty smart. Fifty six oh. million over four years with eighteen million in guarantees. Um, yes. What what's your level? And and by the way, I also want to point out that last year on this podcast. You and I were doing defenses who could make the leap, and you yep. picked the Chicago Bears to potentially become the number one defense. I think that was even before the Khalil Mack trade. That was, yeah, that, but, that was. We were talking about Roquan Smith adding yeah. to what they already had. And you know what? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was talking to some uh, some of my homeboys and close friends, football mind guys, just like myself, and I was like, listen. I I said the Bears defense was going to be legit, and they were like, "What?" It's easy to say that after they got after they dra- uh, traded for Khalil Mack. I say, "No, I said that before the addition of Khalil Mack." Oh no, you didn't, Mack. You're just <laughs> trying to get credit for something that you you, you haven't done, and, and you didn't say. I say, "Yes, I I said I did." I say, "What people didn't realize, well, 2017 that defense was a top ten defense, right? Yeah, with young talented players." I felt another year under. Vic Fangio's system, along with another year of experience with a, a few new pieces here and there. And I love Warcon Smith. I felt like, and I'm glad you're throwing that out for people to hear because a lot of people are saying I'm making things up. But going back to Kyle Fuller, uh, listeners, and you, that was a big time point you made about the Bears matching the Packers offer in 2017. You want to know what he did in 2017? 22 PBUs Mm -hmm. and two interceptions. So in a matter of two years, this guy, as far as PBUs, 43 PBUs and two years of play, nine 
nine interceptions in the last two seasons. Talk about big playability. Talk about being consistent. Mr. Fuller has been, has been that. Uh, if you hear a ding ding on BMAX phones, because I just texted you the link where you say, and like, I, I don't think people understand this is in like late June. So yes. I mean, this is like, it was, it was actually published on my birthday. Uh, happy birthday two years ago to me, but like you, you can send this to your friends. Um, and we'll probably do this episode again, maybe later on in the off season, but you basically said this is a team that can be a number one defense this year. That was the goal of the podcast. Like who could be a sleeper for the number one defense? And, um, and you nailed it with the, with the Chicago Bears. So good call on that. Do you think that they can, do you think they can repeat it? Because they have the talent there. I mean, all you know, we're talking about all these guys. They lost uh, Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan. Those are concerns. Added Haha Clinton Dix. But my big concern, BMAC, is that they lost uh, Vic Fangio. How big a mm-hmm. how big a factor do you think that plays into it? It would play. It would be a factor, but not a big factor because the individual they replaced him with in Chuck Pagano yeah. is a defensive minded coach who's been around for quite some time. And I'm willing to bet he will continue to do some of the same things that Vic did because they worked so well. So you have to look at when you're replacing talented, talented corner, I mean coordinators who've done a phenomenal job, you don't want to change is you don't want to change the menu. It's almost like a heralded chef leaving for a better opportunity and now you're replacing that chef that had an ideal menu you want to keep some of the same things on the menu that people love to order so (laughs) you might want to add a new dish here or there but for the most part the, the 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 guts of the menu will still be in place because clearly that's what people want to eat and i expect to see the same thing because listen it's not broke so for chuck you don't need to fix anything. Just add a, a, a few nuances here or there, but yet and still keep things in place based on what Vic did. And you might want to change the name, the verbiage, you know, some of the checks and things like that. But for the most part, I don't expect to see a lot of change when it comes to play calling and when it comes to production, because most importantly, the personnel is there and they still have a quality experienced play caller in place with Chuck Pagano. Well, you know who actually agrees with you is Vic Fangio, who said at the Combine, he'll do fine. The players haven't changed. The players are the most important thing. Chuck will do fine with those guys. There will be some carryover, as there are from a lot of systems. I don't think they'll have any problems. Uh, all right, BMAC, drum roll. That was a terrible drum roll, but uh, just tell us, who, <laughs> tell us who your number one, <laughs> number one defensive back is. Jalen Ramsey. I, oh. as, I, I'd already written it down when I was writing down your top list. I, I assumed as much, even after a slightly down 2018 for him. I mean, slightly down 2018, three interceptions, 13 PBUs, uh, dynamic player. Uh, we, we, we know about his coverage ability. I mean, 20 or 17, uh, all pro 40, uh, what, nine interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, well, no, no, four, nine, four nine interceptions. Yeah, yeah, four yeah, interceptions. Yeah. Uh, so far he has nine in his total career, a total of 44 PBUs in his total career, his first three years, uh, to be exact. But we know about his coverage ability. He has that same DNA that I talked about with Patrick Peterson. Anytime he's playing against the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, T.Y. Hilton, um, OBJ, uh, whoever it is, guess what? Number 20 is following them. A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, uh, uh, Tariq Hill, he is following that opposing team's best wide receiver, and he stands up. He talks a good game. He plays a good game. He's one of the best defenders in the National Football League, and yeah, I understand 
guys like Kyle Fuller, Stephon Gilmore, you know, had better numbers, but their rank below Derwin. And I feel like if I needed to start, if I needed to pick a corner for my defense, not knowing what the rest of my defense will look like. If you ask me that question, well, out of all the corners that are available, my pick probably would be Derwin James based on what he's done his first three years, especially the last two years in the National Football League. Yeah, and here's the thing about Jalen Ramsey. He is uh, – uh, uh, Oh, yeah, 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 Derwin yeah, yeah. James. I'm yeah, no, it's fine. Derwin might be the second choice if you're starting a – if you're starting a team, I, I, I agree with you. I think if you were start, if you're, st- if somebody says you have to pick a defensive back, if somebody says you have to pick a corner to start a team, like your, your first pick has to be a cornerback and you get one cornerback. Ramsey's the guy. I mean, he's not even 25 yet. For, first round pick with a pedigree out of FSU. So we know that it's not like the, this guy stormed out of nowhere. Um, he's made the pro ball twice. He was an all pro in 2017. And I think the thing that, that sort of gets lost here, BMAC, is that his 2018 wasn't bad it's just that his 2017 was so incredible and then he followed it up by by running his mouth all offseason about every single quarterback in the nfl and then the jaguars were terrible last year so like mm-hmm. if, if the jaguars had been a 10 and 5 or 10 and 6 and just you know, made the playoffs as a wild card or even won the division and ramsey had that kind of year i don't think there's the same sort of blowback as there was because the jaguars were just that bad and he's made it clear this offseason He's going out. He's he's going to be quiet. He doesn't want to talk smack about quarterbacks. He wants to go about his business. And it seems like a guy who has also been told he won't be paid this offseason, which means that I would anticipate that Jalen Ramsey has a, a monster year because he's playing for a contract. He's playing for pride. He was already playing at a high level. He's never been bad in the first place. And the Jaguars should be better because they've taken care of some locker room issues and they've improved the quarterback position. So uh, I'm with you. I didn't, I had, um, I think I had Ramsey at three, but I mean, it was, you know, nitpicking just based on last year. And I would probably, if, if I had to do it again, I would probably move him up to two. Uh, maybe one A was Stefan Gilmore. Look again, you talk about approximate value, uh, eight. His rookie year, 14 in 2017, and then 10 uh, last year. No problems whatsoever with you putting Jalen Ramsey one. I think, BMAC, it might look very smart uh, in a few months. Um, anything yeah. else uh, Anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, uh, no, no, no. And, and uh, you know, you hit on, you know, some key points about Jalen. That's a great year for most corners. But yeah. based on what he did the year before, it was a drop-off. But I think coming into this year he, with Jalen being more focused, and this played a lot with him with Jalen being number one, I think this Jacksonville defense, even though they were a bad team when it came to their record, their defense still played real good football. Their offense put them in a lot of difficult situations, but they still stood up. Now having Nick Foles, a more consistent quarterback than what they have been used to, I believe that would help the defense out, not to mention that would help Jalen out as well. No doubt about it. Uh, all right, at BMAC underscore Sports Talk. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. Follow him on Twitter, and uh, we will uh, talk again soon, my man. It's always fun. Uh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm.